welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and not Anthony Ione. It is Bernie Neighbors. Anthony is out having a lovely vacation, which uh, he deserves. So we are bringing on Bernie to step in. Thank you so much. So, for joining so us. sorry, everybody. By the way, your your music makes me want to tackle somebody. It's, 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 awesome. it's awesome. It comes in hard. It does. Let's go. It hard. But I, I said, I said when we were in the in the you know green room before we got started, I said we got the the prettier Anthony Ione here today. I just, I, I, I honestly, and I'm actually usually pretty self-deprecating with my sense of humor, but let's be honest, pretty old man. Anthony still got it going on a little bit, so I, you know I, I don't think the ladies would agree with it. Uh, but you, I do like that you brought the beard back. The beard is back. It comes and goes, man. Hair grows. Except for right here. <laughs> Theoretically. It was everywhere on my body, but right there. That's kind of a conundrum, isn't it? Oh. Uh, uh, so we're, we're already talking about hair growth. Yeah. As, so, as we should. As we should. Uh, you know, many can relate. Many can relate out there. We like to be relatable. All right, coming off a packed weekend over in Mesa, Arizona with our pro shootout, our Super Hole, and our Open. So we're going to dive into all of that. We also have our third national coming up this weekend in Portland, Oregon. So thank you, ACL, for back-to-back West Coast events. Let's go. Yeah, boo. <laughs> I'm the only see, one. By the way, did you see it's supposed to be 95 on Wednesday in Portland? That's got to be close That's to a girl. record. It's got to be, gosh, because I'm. It, it gets back down to normal on the weekend, but man. No, I'm, I'm not flying until Wednesday night anyway. So no. to, that's brutal. Yeah. Like I, you would assume Oregon is you're going to cool off from where I'm at, but no, yeah. that's about the same. So no luck for me. All right, well, let's dive into our pro shootout number five and Super Hole five first. Our men's singles winners, Mark Richards, finally gets over that hump with the shootout. Singles, women singles, Gina Ramirez. What a cool storyline there. Doubles, Hunter Thorne and Tony Smith. And, of course, our Super Bowl winners, Sonia Richards-Ross and Moses Zazueta. So uh, this is going to be so much fun to talk about. First of all, like I said, Mark Richards. He does it. I was so yes. happy for him. Finally, finally, Mark Richards gets, the, gets, the, gets over the hump, gets that first single shootout win. He's now fourth. By himself all time. He breaks that tie with Greg Ty. They were tied for a while. And what I do find interesting is when you look at like an overall title race is that we did have a buy or sell very beginning of this year. That was that um, would Mark Richards catch Trey Birchfield, right? Mm -hmm. We knew he wasn't going to catch Jamie Graham, that guy. They were at 18. He was, he was at, uh, I believe, eight going into this season. So we knew that. He wasn't going to get that many. That's a little bit outrageous. But at Trey Birchfield, when he was sitting at 13, he gets another one. He's at 14 right now. Richard's now only two away, two away from tying Trey Birchfield. So I think we were on the selling end of that, not thinking that Richards could could go all the way and catch Birchfield. But the fact that he's going to come close is impressive. So, um, you know, kudos to, to Mark Richards. He breaks through. He gets that first single singles win Hunter Thorne you know I know he's going to be disappointed but at the same time you know he's got to be happy with how he's playing right now right I mean to make singles and doubles and I know we'll talk about doubles in a minute did kind of what Cody Henderson did in Fort Worth at shootout number four makes it both and if you can go 50 percent I mean you'll take it that's it's a huge win 
He makes it to that pro shootout championship. Now, now can he make it in doubles as well? Odds are, you know, he's got a good chance at, at nabbing one of the last four, I'm sorry, last three that are now going to be available. So time will tell if he can do it in doubles, but um, I think it was just one of those long time coming type of things. We kind of saw it from, from Matt guy earlier this year. It took Matt guy even longer to get his done, but for some people, this pro shootout series just doesn't speak to him. Right. And I think he was really fighting some mental barriers. Mark Richards was when it came to the shootout series and very much how Hunter Thorne, Devin Harbaugh, uh, Tony Smith, once they kind of got that first win, now you almost expect it to roll. Once they've got that one monkey off their back, I expect Richards to probably win a doubles one here shortly and, and to make some really, really big noise in the pro shootout championship. So shout out to Richards. I, I've got I've got an interesting take on this, by the way. Okay. If, if, you, if you're familiar with the whole Brat Pack crew, right? Yeah. Two of them that were kind of the originators of that, the first ones out there have regressed as part of that crew. Other people have really started to excel. Tony Smith, Hunter Thorne, Devin Harbaugh to an extent. I mean, he's part of that crew, but not really. But if you look at Noah, uh, I mean, Noel Mons has even gotten better, but I'm talking about Noah Wooten and yeah. Trey Birchfield. The original two guys that were kind of out there that kind of, kind of brought everyone together have regressed, haven't really kept up their end of the bargain to a degree. But all those kids playing together all the time has made Tony Smith has really made Hunter Thorne better. Ryan yeah. Linsner st still kind of the same, but Hunter Thorne and Devin Harbaugh and Tony Smith have really started to blossom. So I, I'm sure he's upset that he didn't win. Mark Richards has a way that if you make a couple mistakes, he just kind of buries you under those mistakes, and that's kind of what happened in that championship match. But I, I just find that that crew that that crew is very interesting, and there's other dynamics. Michelle, you and I talked about it while streaming with Bella and her kind of mental thing with Cameron that she still deals with. And I think it's because they play together in that, that kind of crew of kids all the time. But it's interesting how certain members of that crew have really elevated and a couple others, kind of the originators of it have kind of fallen back. I find that. And Bella, Bella has been one of the to really, I mean, Bella's the number one ranked female in pro singles right now. I mean, she's, yes. Yeah, yes. Like you said, she's got a few mental barriers when it comes to the shootout, I think, but I think it's gonna be one of those things where this is, Bella's not a rookie, but she's a rookie in the shootout series. She wasn't eligible yeah. to play in the shootout series last season, right? So right. I know we're kind of transitioning. Go ahead and talking about women's singles here, I'm assuming, Michelle. But Bella, that was something that was going to be interesting because we don't know how she was going to play in this round-limited format, right? I mean, even going back to teams, you know, she wasn't eligible to play teams. Even teams right. last year wasn't, wasn't, right. wasn't 10 round-limited. So – Bella really getting her first taste of round limited play this season. So there's been a couple games where you can see it on her face. If I watch her do it and when she's playing at 21, I don't see the same level of emotion. But round three or four, huh. if she gives up a big four-point round in the shootout, so you can see it on her face because it's almost panic. It's almost like I'm running out of time. Like I, she's a teenager. Right, exactly. That's, that's what you see. And she'll learn that. Look at what happened to Tony Smith and Hunter Thorne last season when they do the pro shootout series. They didn't really make any headway with it, right? Right. And Tony Smith's one big run, he comes up short in the finals. Point being, Bella's gonna learn that as she goes, and she'll and she will get there. It's really just a question of time and and the point that you make, Bernie, maybe even age where she kind of gains a little bit more of that confidence and, and focus when it comes to, to round limited play. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one thing to say about Hunter Thorne was he did have to use different bags in singles. And when they told him he had to switch, he came back behind the scenes there and he looked defeated before he started. <laughs> Look, I'm, this is the last time I'm ever going to say this. No, it's not. Your fault. Your, no, it's not. Fault. your <laughs> fault. You are a professional. The rules have been around for a while now. Your no, fault. No, but it wasn't. He's your still fault. Throwing, he's your throwing the same fault bag, player. Your fault player. That's all I'm going to say. If I, think, I, think we're, I think we're talking about two different things. He was still be able to throw the similar bags. It's but just he obviously that, doesn't have the same appreciation of that bag with the way it feels in his hand, and that's on not him what to you've develop. Been winning with them all day. It's like that's on him to develop a your fault pro issue. Period. Bernie's very end passionate of, about this. The brother, end brother of story. End of discussion. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, the fact that people still get upset about it is literally makes my head explode. I mean, it's and the craziest Peter Ramirez thing. with the female win. Greatest thing ever. <laughs> That is awesome. Great job, Gina Ramirez. <laughs> way, way to go, Gina. Jeez, I, I get fired up in the green room. Bernie's fired up here. Michelle, you got to be like. I, well, I, I, just, I, 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 took, I took Trey's energy from earlier, and I brought it I brought it to the show. Uh, well, but how great was Gina Ramirez? No, seriously, the Gina Ramirez thing was awesome. I think, I think she has a chance to be really good for the game, not just the women's game. Well, I mean, think about it. I think this is a, speaks really – to, I mean, here's a fun fact. Gina Ramirez has had the least amount of opportunities in the shootout division than anybody else, and she made it. And why is that? Because she was promoted after the start of the pro shootout series, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. She was promoted from the PDC, which is not eligible to compete in shootouts, into the pro division, and now look what she's done. So I think that's really, really incredible. I think that's really special, and I think that's a really cool opportunity um, that Gina has has had, and she took advantage of it, and she was – she was down the middle. Um, she didn't make a lot of mistakes. She took advantage. I think in a way, Cameron Belvin, if you ask her, she thinks she might have given that away. She had some opportunities, and she just yeah. – fourth bag wasn't great, right? Yeah. It was just a little bit another Another person that had to switch bags right before the show. And what's interesting about that is I came up to her right before she was going on, and I said, like, tell me what was the key to your success today. Why do you think you made it to the end? And she said, it's these bags. I've been, these bags have been feeling so good in my hand all day long. This is like. Your fault, pro. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I'm I leaving. Mean, whose fault can it be? The rule's not new. It's Bernie's fault. It's, it's I mean, blame oh, me if you want. I'll sit there and argue it all day with somebody because they're wrong in every single way. But last week, when I mean last last time Bernie was on the show, he he was on his best behavior. He did not. Th yeah. th no. this, out the window. No, I'm tired, man. I, I, I found out about the fill late. I'm sleep. I'm cranky. No, no tolerance. <laughs> My point being, whether it's their fault or not, their emotions are real sure. and they sure. influence their play. And it's sure. it's so it's it's going to be a hump they're going to have to get over is by not attributing their success to something external because that external situation can always change. Sure. Yeah. He agreed with you there, Michelle. Quick, go to doubles. Quick. I got it. I got to go. I got to go, guys. Get off of it, man. Get off of it. I feel it coming. Hunter <laughs> Thorne and Tony Smith. Uh, what is going on with Tony Smith? I mean, is he just the best player on the planet right now? He, he. I mean, he might be. Uh, can make the argument. And that's 
it's unbelievable how well he is throwing right now. I mean, and I think it speaks to the hybrid style. Look, how much have Anthony and I argued at the beginning of this year? I say, you know, slick bags are always going to prevail. Anthony said it's going to be the year of the carpet. And what is it? It's in the middle. Like, of yeah. course, <laughs> neither one of us can be right, right? It's it's going to take a carpet-style player throwing a slicker bag is somewhere in the middle being a hybrid-style player. And that's been, you know – if you think about it, one thing that I found interesting as I was going back through and watching film and clipping highlights and all of this stuff, Tony Smith, when he won the doubles national with Jacob Trzinski, threw one roll bag. One. Okay. And that was how many rounds? 439. Yeah, 39. Okay. In the championship 10 round game which he's only throwing five rounds himself he threw four roll bags right so he is showing the versatility of what he can do right now at the highest level he's hitting all of the shots he's throwing 16 bags in a row he's doing all of the things that you expect from the best player in the world who has the ability to go back and forth between the two different play styles so tony smith absolutely is in the argument for the best player in the world at this very moment. And when you pair that with someone like Hunter Thorne, who's had his ups and downs, more ups than downs recently, and that day was throwing as close to a high of a level as he possibly can, that means that that, that speaks to me that they're a dangerous team. And that's why they got to the final, and it wasn't particularly close. I mean, they were dominant from the get-go, against a great team and ultimately, you know, get, get the win. So um, you don't want to play Tony Smith right now. I would not want to be in his his bag brawl bracket. I, I would love to argue with you. And I'm sorry, Michelle, I'll, I'll move off of it. I spoke to Tony while he was watching Hunter Thorne in singles. And I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, his quote, unquote, I'm just a different man, Bernie, playing with slicker bags. Quote, unquote. I'm a different man. Right to your point. I mean, that's, hey, that's, exactly, also- that's exactly what it is. Also, what made them different men is, I, I don't know if you guys heard it on the broadcast, but Hunter said that this, the time they spent with Shamar Moore, he said the whole time they're there, all Shamar does is plant motivational things in their heads. You can do anything. You're unstoppable. Like he said, yeah. I attribute so much of this to Sham. I was like, who's Sham? He's like, oh, that's Shamar Moore. I'm like, oh, sorry. We're not on a nickname basis, him and I. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I watch him as the number five show on Netflix. I don't I don't have the Sham thing. Yeah, he doesn't know who I am. So we're not <laughs> on the same level as you. Uh, but yeah, the, the, he's, he's really been helping mold these kids minds in terms of believing you know what's possible yeah so i think it makes you seem like the smartest person in the room michelle i mean he says it right there i'm a different person i don't care what the second half of the sentence says in his mind he views that he is a different player and he and that's what his mentality is saying which is telling me when he's walking up to a board he's saying to himself i'm gonna win and yeah, there's I'm nothing that's going to happen. I'm un- unstoppable. And even if you look at last year where he was a top 10 player in the world, every time you'd talk to him, he'd be like, ah, you know, the bags are too fast. Eh, what, yeah. Whatever it is, something was always wrong. Something yeah. was wrong when he got off the boards. And this year, it's a completely different mentality just by that simple quote. Yep, Absolutely. And then our Super Bowl, that was super fun. I think all the women brought such a cool energy. The fact that they are athletic <laughs> was really cool because, I mean, uh, Kim Glass 
she learned how to throw that flat bag within minutes. I mean, they're like, like, they're like, you just do this. She's like, oh, like this? <laughs> it's just, like, oh, is that, is that hard? I don't know. It was crazy how quickly somewhere, she picked it up. Somewhere Jeff McCarriger is furious. Oh, yeah. Furious. 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 He doesn't want to hear that that's how long he, he wanted to, he wanted to hope that she walked into the building with a flat bag already. Not that she learned it in five minutes. She's an Olympian. I mean, what do you expect? And she looks like she's made from another planet. There's, there's lots of people that, and and I hate to talk about a female being so attractive, but I stood next to her and I I started to talk to her and in my head, I'm like, you know, this might be one of the most beautiful, like naturally beautiful people I've ever seen in person. I mean, she was gorgeous. I was standing and she's an Olympian. And she's an Olympian. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, it's like I was standing next to her, but I didn't see her face. That I was talking to Natalie, and then I went to go introduce myself, and she turned around, and I'm like, "Oh my, (laughs) (laughs) you might be the prettiest person I've ever seen in real life." I mean, how are you real? All beautiful. I was like another level of yeah. It was crazy. And yeah, yeah, they were good. It was nice to see. It was nice, and you know, they're Olympians. So a natural competitiveness is competitiveness is there, right? They don't yeah. want to go out there as former Olympians and like, you know, throw it halfway. Right? Yeah. Can't even, can't even, can't even make, like if they made mistakes, they were throwing it too long. Yeah, not not too hard. not not hitting the board. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, no, and uh, Richard Ross was great. I thought Moses Sesueda was great. He was great all weekend. The diagonal and one. Come on. Oh yeah, outrageous! <laughs> outrageous. Yeah. I put I created a nice clip side by side, like back to back. It was like. Sonia Richards Ross push to get two bags in to sneak around Coglins, and then yeah. immediately, you know, right after that, I, I pan to the uh, Zesueda diagonal and one. It's like the, you're a super team in Super Hole, so yeah. they'll be tough to be, if if Richard Ross can get to the championship. They're not going to be they're not going to be easy to beat. I no. promise you, they're not going to be easy. No, to beat. not at all. They'll be they'll be a fun one, and uh, I, when I I said you guys want to do some trash talk, and they took it to a whole nother level. I mean that it was like uh, I was getting squished in between them as they were stealing the mic and going back and forth to try to talk trash to each other. I mean, really cool dynamic. Uh, so really appreciate um, everyone in the Super Bowl. Um, and then we also had our open, our singles winner. There was Double D Damon Dennis taking it down. And honestly, I not that I'm shocked that because it's Damon Dennis, but just the way that you. Know, bit. The, well, I mean, Caleb Batson is. I'm a little shocked, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm I mean, I, I mean, I didn't predict him to win, but I'm never shocked when he wins because he is so good. But the way Caleb Batson was playing, I didn't. I thought he, nobody could beat him uh, that day. But uh, so great match with them, and then doubles Logan Chamberlain and Sammy Soto. So uh, Trey, what do you got there for open? Quick, quick thought on doubles, and a couple quick thoughts on singles. So for doubles, for me, we I'm I have had this Allen Rawls esque perception of Logan Chamberlain in a way, right? Okay. When I, when I, at the beginning of the year, I don't remember, I made a hot take that Logan Chamberlain would win rookie of the year. That was purposefully hot, right? (laughs) To the point where I'm going out on a ledge. I've seen it and it's just, he's made such an improvement in his game. And I know everybody in Texas is going to say, no, he's been like this. This is a guy. And I, I get it. But it's, it's different for us at a national stage to see how someone's competing. And so I'm st- I, I developed that, and I, I had to do the same thing I'm doing with Alan Rawls. I have to stop watching it, or I have to stop like going in with this you know preconceived notion that he is what he is because he's a lot better than what my mind is set on him that he is. He's now won two major, major events 
with two different players and done it and in a very stacked field, right? I don't care who you are. I don't care if you got Matt Guy, Justin Burton Jr., Alex Raw, whoever on the other end. For you to win these two big events, there's a reason Justin Burton Jr., there's a reason Alex Rawls don't win every single open doubles event. It's because it requires playing at a really high level across an entire tournament. So shout out to Logan Chamberlain. Sammy Soto is, is either number one or number two right now on my prospect list. Um, as far as players coming into the pro division next season, I think it's Caden Allen, Sammy Soto, flip a coin on who's better that day. So shout out to those guys. Hunter Thornton, Tony Smith in the final again. Come on. Are you serious? I mean, stupid, uh, outrageous, whatever. <laughs> and then the only other comment I'll make in singles is, you know, Damon Dennis, he just, he does this time and time again. He did it in the national way back when, when he won in 2021, he won that singles national he wasn't supposed to win that, right? I mean, you look at all the other opportunities, all the other people that were supposed to beat and supposed to win, he wasn't on that list and he did it. He just finds a way to really methodically attack every single game. And when he's dialed in, he's not fancy. He's over the top. He's just down the middle. And down the middle wins. Down the middle wins yeah. championships. Yep. Bernie? Uh, all right. Damon Dennis, last player in the field, by the way. I don't know if y'all are aware of that. He was the very last player in the field, which is kind of crazy that you end up winning. But I've also thought, even though you talk about people like Tony Smith have gone to a faster bag, they want to slide more bags in the hole, they play with a velocity still. Yeah. And they're able to do things with that velocity of bag that players like Damon Dennis and a Matt guy are not able to. And so the fact that you have a player like Damon Dennis that's still able to win and he lacks velocity, Right. There's he's not pushing bags around the board. He's not doing certain things that a lot of these other players can do now. The fact that he's able to win that open is, is crazy to me. Logan Chamberlain, I was thinking he he see I had Philip Lopez Jr. vibes about Logan Chamberlain. Yeah, great. Yes. yes, exactly. However, now that you win another championship with a different player, which Philip Lopez did win a shootout last year with a different player. That to me, he's on that level, but he might be a little bit better than Philip. Yeah. I think he has more options to his game, which is which is kind of amazing to say. But uh, by the way, quick take, Sammy Soto. I think he's a top fifteen player next year if he comes in. He's you good. Take him, Caden Allen. I, I I'm taking Sammy. Okay. I'm going to take Caden, but that's. Good. I, I, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like it's not like I'm saying it's like yeah. this. I mean, you know, it, it, but I, I think Sammy so special. Curious. I just said, give us something to argue about later, Bernie. Yeah, for sure. Oh, great. <laughs> 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 All right, we uh, have another, like we said, event coming up this weekend. So the cornhole will continue into our bag brawl, and let's talk about singles first. Live stream coverage is going to begin at 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, June 9th, and we've got our brackets. Trey, you want to yeah, go through so, one bracket at a time, or you want to give big picture thoughts? What do you want to do? What do you got? I, I got some just big picture thoughts, and I guess I'm going to give a couple big picture thoughts on the various different brackets, and I'm sure Bernie's just going to give his random thoughts because that's what Bernie does. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, um, fair enough. Time. So, like, just looking at A, like, you know, your number one player in the right, world right now is Justin Burton Jr., Okay, so the question is, who is going to get in the way of Justin Burton Jr.? I wasn't positive that there was going to be anybody getting his way in his bracket last time, and I and it ended up being correct. He didn't get he didn't get eliminated until he got to the semifinals. However, when I look at who's in his bracket now, one, he's got Jacob Trzinski, who he 
barely squeaked by in that bracket final and in the winner's bracket final is in his way. You also have Caleb Batson. And I tell you what, Michelle, if Caleb Batson threw like he threw this weekend, he will beat Justin Burton Jr. Yep. I'm not saying that he will, but I'm saying if he be- plays like he did this weekend, he will. Because even though Damon Dennis won, I'd argue Caleb Batson was still the best player on the day. And, 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 you know, I'm not, I won't go too much into that, but that's just how I feel. I really think he was a top player. And then you also have Fisher Hamilton. Okay. Who we know can throw at a really high level. Those are really three elite level, dirty style block game players that are going to give him a big run quickly. Alex Rawls in his bracket. He's got to look out for Damon Dennis, who's on a hot streak right now, uh, as well as Hunter Thorne and Mark Richards. That's a brutal bracket for me. B feels like it's 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 tough. You also got Windsor in there, Ryan Smith in there, Cheyenne Bubenheim in there. Um, for me, when I look through this, Moses that's way to Dylan Turpin. Have fun in B. B oh my goodness. Like, B's B, brutal. B is brutal. B is brutal. <laughs> On this D bracket. Alan Rawls may win his bracket again, guys. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't know oh. how else to go about this. He does on his side, but he's got Logan Chamberlain on that side as well, which is a good 50-50 coin flip in that game. Joe Neistat is (laughs) how good Joe Neistat can be. You do have Jamie Graham on the other side, but I would argue right now Jamie Graham's a coin flip. I don't know what I'm getting. I was definitely, definitely impressed and happy with what I saw from Jamie Graham at the last national, but I just need to see it again to feel 100% confident. And then finally, my thoughts on D bracket. Devin Harbaugh is your leader in here. To me, I mean, Derek Holland's also on that side of the bracket. But Derek, Hall, I mean, Devin Harbaugh, I think he cruises through his left side of his bracket. He's got Jake Gore and Alex Hicks as his next two seeds. In a winner's bracket semifinal, we may have a battle of the 13 and 14-year-olds. I mean, on that right side between Jacob Gore and Alex Hicks. But honestly, Devin, I really like Devin Harbaugh's bracket for him. Takeaways from me, Bernie. Stay away from bracket B. It's brutal. Bracket B is brutal. I can't, you know, Matt Guy's loving, but you didn't say anything about him being in bracket C. <laughs> sure, he's, sure, he's loving that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting. So you watch Damon Dennis. Like, I, I think that's actually very dangerous for everyone else because a player that's very similar in style, similar in area, throws a very similar velocity to Damon Dennis is Matt Guy. Damon Dennis winning that open basically tells Matt, hey, don't worry. You are still that good. All you got to do, find the middle again, and you can beat any one of these people because it, it proves that you can actually do it. I, bracket B is – I'm actually worried about Devin Harbaugh. The one player that I thought was the best player in the world for the first half of this season, I still think he's a top 10, top 15 player. I've seen some chinks in the armor. Just why I've, I've had a chance to watch him play a lot over the last couple of months. And he's – He's preached to us. He's talked to us about this different mindset that he has. But I think there are still times that he gets a little on himself. And so you can take advantage of that for three or four rounds. And before you know it, the match is over. Right. And and so I'm a little worried. I'm not saying I'm terribly worried, but I'm a little worried about Devin. And it's because of expectations. Wally gives me a hard time about this all the time when we're doing streaming. He's like, man, come on. You know, like, like you're killing these guys. They're like top five in the world, and you're talking about Like, I'm not talking bad. It's just everyone knows how good they are. I mean, everyone in the world talks about every shot they can hit, but they're not perfect. 
And there's a reason why they're not winning all the time. And that has to be discussed. And with Devin, I'm a, I'm a touch worried. I would say, is it time for Logan Chamberlain to give us something in singles? I've got to be feeling confident right about now. But I mean, we, we know as a doubles player, you give him a great partner, he's going to win, right? Is it time to see something in singles to actually, they kind of would, would make it concrete as what his stature is in the game. Does that make sense? You guys follow me there? Like, because we know, as a, we know he's the perfect doubles partner, obviously. Let's see what he can do in singles. Yeah. So the one thing I would say about singles is when you talk to pros, they'll say, I like singles because I only have to depend on me. It's all on me. And they say this sure. thing about it all being on me. So that to me says pressure. That's a lot of pressure you're putting on yourself. And so I just wonder sometimes if that's why you see success in doubles and a slightly less success in singles. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's just part of, and then going through these brackets, if Alan Rawls wins another singles bracket, can we start talking about him in, in a top four light? Seriously. I mean, he's he's ranked to. in the top four. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah, ranked, he's, to. No, he's ranked in the top four, but I promise you, if you went and gave ballots to, say, the top 100 players in the world, and you said, give me your top 10, how many of those have Alan Rawls in the top five? My guess is not many. But so, I don't know why. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't but if he sense. wins, if he wins another singles bracket, I mean, come on. So if we do a little in-depth like prediction way out front of Alan Rawls that you have to go through, he's gonna play a PDC player. Okay. That Which could be bad. That could right. be very bad. It could be not bad. It just depends, right? He's then gonna play Tony Mayball or Matt Allen. I think he should win that game, yeah. right? He then will likely have to play either Carson Getty or Azidra Herrera. Yeah. That's a good first tester, right? Right. If he plays like he's been playing, he should win that game. But those, both the, either one of those players is going to give him a run for their money. Okay. Sure. Then you likely play Tanner Halbert, Ruben, Tanner Halbert, or AJ Sims. Yep. Okay. That's enough. Then you're taking a level up. Okay. Right. I would argue, you know, any one of those players should, can, and will give him as much as he can handle. Some of those players before the year started, you said, would have definitely beaten Alan Rawls. You'd have been like, well, Alan right. Rawls can't beat that guy. But now it's just not. I mean, it's crazy. Then at the bottom to, to get into the um, to get into to get into the king seat, he'd have to be either Logan Chamberlain, Ryan Wiedenfeld, Frank Maudlin, or Matt Guy. Hmm. So if he does again, that's what I'm saying. If he wins another bracket, we have to start talking about him as good as his brother. Who's the two seed? And Joe Neistat's a two seed. In yeah. bracket. As he's just as good as his brother, and now we start talking about maybe he's better than his brother, even though his brother has a singles win. <laughs> That's crazy. I feel like That's I feel crazy. like it, take it, my hot take. If I did it, I won't. But if it was my hot take that Alan Rawls wins his bracket, the fact that the number three player in the world wins his singles bracket, or sorry, number four player in the world wins his singles bracket, is a hot take. Is the most crazy. That's what, that's what I'm saying. But, like, but that's the perception, right? Reality is giving us these numbers of where his ranking is. The perception of Alan is very different. And I'm just wondering, is, when do we get that perception changed? It's the opposite of Anthony with Joe Neesed last year. Joe Neesed had all the numbers and everything, and then he just wasn't getting the wins. That was like the flip. Like, right. this right. guy's okay. getting all the wins. Like, how is this happening? Right. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. Let's move into doubles. 
Trey, that's going to be on uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on Friday on June 9th. What do you got? Woo! I think A is pretty hot out of the gate, okay? If, if, if Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain are going to win their bracket, they're really going to earn it this time. Really going to earn it. I mean, maybe their top quadrant they should be able to get through, but then, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about Brett Guy, Eric Davis, probably playing in a winner semifinal, but really on the other side of the bracket, who, in fairness, they may only have to play one of these teams, and it may just have to be in the final, but you're likely going to have to beat them some combination of twice, right? You right. have to beat them in the king seat and in the final. So I don't know if the path to get there is necessarily that hard, but you have Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls. Mm-hmm. You have Jamie Graham and Matt Guy. who have a lot, to, a lot to prove, yeah. And you have Adam Hisner and Cody Henderson. So you have three brutal teams on that right side of the bracket trying to fight through there. More than likely, like I said, I just, if you're Logan Chamberlain and Justin Burton Jr., the key is, and I know this sounds like a dumb thing to say out loud, but like, don't lose early. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you want to play them in a bracket final, you want to play them in in, in the finals, right? Because if you lose early, you may not just have to play one of those teams, you may have to play two of those teams or even three of those teams, right? Because the more you get dropped in the loser's bracket, the elimination bracket, the more you kind of get mixed up with those other teams. So I think that's going to be key. Now, Chamberlain and, and Burton have shown that they can beat Graham and Guy. They did it last national. Now you're going to have to go up against a Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls as well as a Hisner and Henderson. Remember what happened last time Logan Chamberlain went up against Adam Hisner and Cody Henderson. Cody Henderson has been somewhat of a kryptonite to Logan Chamberlain both in singles and in doubles. So if I'm looking for a team that can kind of play spoiler to that number one team that's now won their bracket at both nationals, that might be one that I look at. So um, real quick on on B, I know I talked a lot about A. Uh, Smith and Trzinski going to lead the way there. They also have Foreman Creek Killer, Maudlin and Bubenheim on their side of the bracket. Zockline and Halbert, Ruben and Power on the right side. I think that's kind of a coin flip on a right side, but – I'm not. I don't know if I can pick against Smith and Trzinski right now. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just unbelievable. If I'm looking possibly at at a bracket that that I don't want to take the one seed, Jeremy Shermerhorn and Joe Neistat. And the reason I say this, you got Clemmer and Almanza in their top left quadrant. Eddie Grindersleeve and Caleb Batson. You've heard me say how good Caleb Batson has been. Also down at the bottom, here's a first round matchup for you. First game. Ryan Windsor and Alex Hicks against Steven Bernasette and Derek King. That's brutal. That is absolutely brutal to start a match. On the other end, you have Fisher Hamilton and Gavin Cano, who have been right there at the end every single time, as well as A.J. Sims, Jaime Sanchez, the Zazuetas are down there. Watch out. I, I, I'm, I'm not taking the number one seed in bracket C if I'm them. And then finally, bracket D. Lopez and Richards, your one seed to me. I think they do pretty well through their top quadrant. There's some teams that may give them some issues, but down at the bottom, we need to see Ryan Wiedenfeld bounce back. He's with Ryan Smith. I think this favors Lopez and Richards getting all the way to the the bracket, um, uh, the king seat game. Humans and Malone are the two seed. Remember, they were one bag away. I hope that doesn't really you know, haunt them too much as they go into this Thursday national, but then Dylan Turpin, Caleb Franklin, the Gore brothers down there to me, I think this sets up as if it's not Richards or Lopez, it's, it's a coin flip could be a variety of different teams in bracket D. 
right. I, I, I got a funny thing to tell you. So I run into Adam Hisner. And I don't know if you've noticed, but he's growing his hair out. And I was like, hey, you know, as a bald guy, I find that fairly interesting as another bald guy is kind of growing his hair out a little bit. And I was like, so what are you doing? He's like, the goal is to get it long enough to where I can get a perm and look just like Cody when we play. <laughs> can you imagine? Wow. Can you wow. imagine? I mean, A, I don't know if you've ever stood next to someone with a perm, but you can smell it. And then to have that kind of attitude coming from both sides with that look, that would, I mean, hard to play with their cornhole talent. That would be a very distracting group to play against. Well, that's and, all they you live to be the distracting group. Right. right. And then you've got a, a motivated Matt guy and Jamie Graham also in that bracket. And I think they have to be motivated. I think the egos are too big for both those guys to admit that the game is starting to get, I mean, I, it's not away from them, but it's the game is now challenging them in a way it never has before. Well, and here's one thing I just want to add. They're like one of the winningest doubles teams of all time, regardless. Yeah. Still, right. The issue was they both had a bad now one bad national. Now the right. wrong thing for them was they did it on different nationals. Jamie had a bad first national. Matt had a bad second national. If you take the best of each and put them together, they win the whole thing. I That's would. That's what I'm, saying. If I'm a better look. If I'm a better, I'm not scared of betting Guy Graham on this one. If they can put it together, I can promise you that. A hundred percent agree. That's a guy. They're, they're actually who I put my money. Yeah. That, I, mean, that, that, I mean, if you're asking me right now, hey, who would you pick to win it? I'm actually picking that guy and Jamie Graham. Yeah. It's they, they, they and, and, that, and that's coming off zero evidence. There's zero evidence for that, right? I can't give you a stat. I can't give you anything to past look at years. and say, yeah, I mean, the past years we've seen really don't mean that much, right? I mean, I would say for this season, there is no evidentiary basis for me to pick those two in this national, but I am. So we'll see. Yeah, and because and, and what's going to be funny is not even into the winner's semifinal, they got to they gotta play Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls. All right. No, so, I mean, we both get there. Yeah. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, when I pick people, they usually go 0-2 oh, or 1-2, so Lovely. my, my, my yeah. bad. So, uh, <laughs> my gut says, my gut says uh, neither one of those teams go 0-2, oh, but yeah. <laughs> anything is possible. Yeah. All right, and last up is our teams. Uh, we're going to have the Florida Freeze versus the Colorado Timber on Friday, June 9th at 10 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. And the Chicago Land Spinners versus the Georgia Sliders Sunday, June 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Trey, do you want to talk about the standings before we get into the additional live streams and things like that? Well, yeah, I think they all kind of like bleed into one another, right? So I'm looking at this. You got four regions, right? So the four regions, the top two from each region are going to make the playoffs. Right now in the north, you have the Aviators in first. The Woodchucks, uh, sorry, the Ringers in second, the Woodchucks in third, and then the Marauders sitting at fourth. Uh, in the south, you have the Coasters at five and three at number one. Then you have the Freeze in second, the Sliders in third, the Cutters in fourth. In the central, Missouri and Texas, uh, sorry, Texas Bully Baggers are number one, Missouri Mays number two. The Spinners right on, the t right on, the, on their tail at, at three, and the Curls are four. And then, of course, the Timber, number one in the West, followed by the Slingers, the Burn, and the High Rollers. So 
here's the thing with the TV broadcasts going on this weekend, there are tons of playoff implications just with the teams that are on TV this weekend. So if we look at this and we really dive into it, when we start with um, on Friday, you have the Colorado Timber who sit first in their region trying to get a better seed coming out. They're going to be taking on the Florida Freeze. Now, the Florida Freeze are right now under 500, but they're set up to make the playoffs based on who else is in their division, right? They're three and four right now. But who is right behind them at three at two and five? So technically just one game behind them for the playoff spot, the Georgia Sliders. The Georgia Sliders are... Um, are playing on Sunday. So you have the Georgia Sliders on Sunday, the Florida Freeze on Friday. Those two both are neck and neck right now when it comes to a playoff race. So as they compete throughout this weekend and on TV, there are direct playoff implications. So that's going to be super interesting um, to see and to watch. Now on the other one, you do have um, the Chicago Land Spinners. They're third, right? This is just weird how the regions worked out. The Spinners are third in their region, but they're above 500. They're four and three. So they're also fighting for a playoff spot, right? Because they're seeing themselves on the outside with one of the best rosters in an above 500 record. That is actually absolutely going to be, you know, a brawl, um, for lack of a better term here, for them to get into the playoffs. And the last team is your Colorado Timber. They're sitting pretty right now. They're first in their division. They have a game lead in first place. They have a they have a game and a half total over the third place burn. So really they they control their own destiny right now, right? So they can continue to win. They're set up to make the playoffs. So you want to watch out and just make sure the Timber can more so uh, uh, make par the rest of the way here for these events. So at least on the TV broadcast, you're going to get a ton, a ton of those playoff implications. Now, if we go down into the live streams, we've already talked about the freeze and the ringers. The ringers are in second place. They're right there on the fringe to get into uh, uh, to, to get in the playoffs. You have the Maze and the Slingers. Okay, when we talk about uh, the Maze and the Slingers, they are uh, both in the wet. Uh, sorry, both in the uh, National Division, but they're in opposite regions. The Maze are sitting in first place in theirs. The Slingers sitting in second place. So that's a battle of playoff teams. The Burn versus the Coasters. The burner outside the playoff hunt. The coasters trying to maintain their playoffs. And then the marauders and the high rollers, that one's like a last-minute must-win. If the marauders want to get back in the playoff hunt, if the high rollers want to get back in the playoff hunt, I would. I don't want to go too much out on a limb, but it feels like the winner of that game like, has a chance to make the playoffs. But if you lose it, it's just it's going to be so hard to make it. So, um there's a lot of stuff. I love that we can start talking about playoff hunts, right? Because now we're getting into that second half of the season. And some of the matchups that you're going to be seeing on the live stream and on TV have a ton of implications. Absolutely. Bernie, anything shocking there for you? Well, you know, to kind of take it away a little bit from team, to get it kind of a little bit more like in depth with the players. Like I've, I've been able to watch it on the streaming. Obviously I'm there for the broadcast. Certain players are stepping up, certain ones are not. And I'm not talking about your top players. Obviously that happens from time to time. You don't get your best game. But one of the things about teams is you have some of your lower-level pros and you have some PVC players in there. Here's an opportunity for you to shine, not only just to do well for yourself, not only just to do well for your team, but in the future. 
people are going to see you. They're going to see how you play under the lights. They're going to see how you play in pressure situations. So when people are looking for partners down the road for an open or for the season or for whatever, and they're going to remember when you couldn't make a bag when playing on national TV. They're going to remember when you were throwing bags off the side of the board on national TV. They're going to remember when you lost every match you played during teams. You may not think they will, but they will. And I've noticed some players are stepping up, and I've noticed some players are just kind of laughing it off like it's not that big a deal. It is kind of a bigger deal, especially when you're in that middle to lower tier of the professional division. This is an opportunity for you to shine and prove yourself in a way that you know, you've never been given before. Some people are taking advantage of it. Some people just simply are not. Teams. One team that stands out to me that really buys into the whole teamwork, team camaraderie, the sliders. California, like every match they play, you hear them from across the building. The slingers, sorry. Pardon me. The sl- you hear them wherever they are. You yeah. know where they're located in the building. Everyone's bought in. Everyone's together. So the whole actually might be better than the individual parts. What's so interesting about the Slingers is we had this like weird uh, stat uh, on around the ACL last week, Bernie, and that who who is like the premier team on the Slingers, right? It's Tony Smith and Alec Ryan, right? They are across the entire team season this year, zero and seven. Isn't that insane? How is how how is it possible he hasn't won a team at nothing over? How is that possible? But that should be good. You're in second place. You're right. set up. You're, you control your own destiny to playoffs, and your best team hasn't won a game yet. That's and that's what I'm saying. I think the team, because of their camaraderie and how they're kind of all in together, the team is actually better than the sum of their parts because the best parts aren't winning. But the team has somehow found a way to stay in it. So I, I think that's kind of remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when 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 you look at their roster, they've they've had contribution top to top to bottom. Um, I, I really think they, they they've well exceeded my expectations. I mean, when when we were going through draft grades, I mean, they got one of the lowest draft grades, and I I've never yeah. been so wrong about a team when it comes to when it comes to them. The only thing I might be more wrong about is like. Where the hell are the Kentucky Colonels back? I mean, we're two and five. I had one of my best grades. Like, what are we doing, Colonels? Right? Um, There's actually speaks- a lot of uh, research that supports the energy of the team and how that impacts wins, like not just the individual player. You could you could put a bunch of studs on a team. It doesn't mean they're going to win. But there's so sure. much that goes into the dynamics of the team that I do think the Slingers have mastered, whether they meant to or not. You ready for this, Michelle? This is actually going to make you take your headphones out and and, and just completely disconnect from the rest. I don't of the have show. headphones in, but okay, but this I'm is, ready. This is this Ryder Cup. This is professional golf. Ryder Cup, one time, which is USA versus Europe. It's a team event. It's not like what you're used to seeing on TV. Someone named Hal Sutton decided to put Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, the number one and two players in the world, together in a team event. They don't like each other. They didn't win anything. And it's and, and it's set a tone because everyone's like, wow, we just beat the number one and two team again right. and again and again. So it filters through. Yeah. And so it's you've got to have some sort of teamwork. You've got to have some sort of buy in from everyone to come together in those moments or it makes it real easy to just let it go. Right. It makes it super easy to let it go if you just don't care. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a teamwork makes the dream work. That's right. Uh, last last note I'll make about teams is I went through all of the different lineups and for the two TV broadcasts, 
based based on my predictions of like who's going to win each individual game, I do have them going to game sevens. So wow, let's that, go. That would be that would be a, a nice uh, nice change of scenery, right? Yeah, based on what we've seen so far, we've had too many four ones, right? So <laughs> fingers crossed for our first ever game seven. Let's on go. Sunday. Let's go. All right. All right, we got we got hot takes. You guys ready? Hmm. No. Okay, I'm cool. ready. I'm I ready. love the honesty. You've got about, I don't know, 15 seconds. I got mine. So I already said mine. My, my hot take, and this is kind of doesn't feel like a hot take, but it is when you look at history, right? Okay. Only one time in the history of the ACL have we had a team win back-to-back doubles nationals. I am going to say Jacob Trzinski and Tony Smith win the bag brawl and go back-to-back on national wins for the first time since Jamie Graham and that guy did it. I, I mean, I, I like it. I had kind of two. I mean, I, I actually pitched Jamie Graham and that guy, which is kind of hard to say that's a hot take. But when you look at the well, seating and you yeah. look at how the season's gone, I think that is kind of a hot take. If I can have a hot take 1A, and okay. I said it earlier as well, if you know, Sammy Soto's in the pro division next season, he's a top 15 player. I and like that's, that. That's oh, a good hot take. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's hot. So – there you go. Um, I'm going Caleb Batson. Caleb Batson wins his bracket. I can't remember which bracket he was. Well, he's in JVJ's bracket. That's pretty hot. I like it. Yeah, okay. I just think the way he's playing right now, um, coming off of this weekend, I think you got it. Get it, KB. All right. That is all we have time for. We will guys, we'll see you, all you guys over there in Portland. Uh, until next time.